<laughs> well, you know, I, I have to tell you all, I cannot play golf. And the golf pros who have tried to teach me to play golf have said, you are better off not playing golf. And that's a little depressing, you know, when you really try and you pay a lot of money for lessons and they tell you this is just sort of not your thing. But anyway, Laura Sheppis and I yesterday spent the afternoon running around in a golf cart and it was, it was quite fun. We got to see a lot of you, but there were lots who we didn't see and hopefully I'll get a chance while we're here to, to, to say hey. But I do want to welcome you all. I want to thank you for attending. Uh, as Tracy told you, we really do have some great programs and some great speakers lined up, both external speakers as well as our own uh, NRECA staff who, who really are, are quite talented. And I, I think it's a great opportunity for you all to come, to collaborate, network with your colleagues. But more importantly, please remember that this is your conference, y'all. This is, this is for you. And, and we like your feedback. We want you to tell us, well, did this work or that work? And so, uh, and I, I promise we won't send you quite as long as, as a survey uh, as we did this last time. Um, let me just take a minute before I say a few things um, in welcome to, to really thank our NRECA staff uh, for the great work that they did in putting on this conference. This, it, you know, it's, it's not easy doing this, and I, I really have to tell you how blessed I feel to work with such talented people, but Tracy and her team, and then the event meeting and event planning, we've got the GR folks, the communications, everybody has worked as a great team uh, to, to hope that we have brought for you some, some terrific programs. And so I want to thank all of them, and will you all join me, please? Thanks. So now I have spent almost 11 months at NRECA, and I have been trying over that 11-month period, trying to discover what we at NRECA can do better, what we can do to improve as your association. And, and, and try, I've been trying, I've, I've had about 44 trips now, uh, and trying to figure out what your concerns are uh, and what you think that we can do to make this the best association uh, that anybody could possibly join. It's, uh, it's been really fun, and I want to thank so many of you all in this room for your counsel, your advice, for offering me ideas, um, for really kind of listening, letting me bounce ideas off you. And I also want to thank those of you who have agreed to participate on some of the new advisory groups that we've put together, uh, particularly because as we bring uh, we believe that we need to be coming to you as opposed to you coming to us all the time. The more that you can help participate on these advisory committees, the better insights we have as to putting together different programs and or acting on issues, what have you. And, and this has been really helpful. And to those of y'all who I haven't met yet, um, please know that my door is always open. It is, it is always open and I take ideas and I take feedback seriously and I want very much for us to all know that we're a team to work together 
And, and certainly, you need to know that I have great respect for the, the many challenges that y'all face in your jobs each and, and every day. So now, as Tracy mentioned, I spent a few years in the United States Congress. And in the Congress, well, you kind of look on the bright side of things for the most part. And I know that that's really hard for some of you to believe. But, but, it, but in most cases, it is true. But you know, it's a, it's a whole lot different as an association CEO where you see the challenges associated with the labor market, with your relationship between the distribution co-ops and the G&Ts, uh, with reliability and, and service to your, to your member owners, and, and with a regulatory framework at the state and the federal level, which for me, and it always has been, is a source of indecision, uncertainty, and to some extent, and in most cases, probably a sense of aggravation. So, it's, um, but it has been a wonderful 11 months so far, and I just feel really blessed. So, to me, this event, and not having ever been to a CEO close-up conference, this, this event seems to me to be about the cooperative principle of cooperation among cooperatives. And, you know, I mean, I have to see, look at all the tips you gave each other yesterday on the golf course, or lack of tips, but, but it was still fun, and I loved the camaraderie, and, and it just, it, it was a very special time watching you all. And I think in the next few days, you're all gonna have an opportunity to, in a really supportive environment, to, to engage in some challenging discussions listened, as I said earlier, to some, some very, very inspiring speakers. And you'll hear, too, with uh, some of the ideas uh, of things that our NRECA staff is working on. You know, I view the role of your national association to be twofold. I think, first, it really is to facilitate cooperation among cooperatives. And, and secondly, I think it's it, our our real goal, too, is to identify challenges, uh, challenges that might be at the state level, at the federal level, primarily at the federal level, uh, and at the regulatory level, too. And, and it's to advocate for solutions to those. And I, and I really want to say, uh, as well, I, I've been tremendously thrilled by the uh, excitement and the, and the help that we have had from CEOs who have been willing to come and testify on Capitol Hill. Carl Albrecht and I were just talking about um, his testimony for House Resources, and, and it really does make a difference to have you all up close and personal with your members of Congress or the, the House or the Senate because you're the experts, y'all. You all know how everything that a government regulation or a new law, you know what that's gonna do to your customers, to your member owners, and you know better than anybody. And so for, if we can get more of y'all involved in doing that, that would be terrific. And, and it's something that, that we can talk about, uh, about more. Because I really think that at the national level, NRECA needs to become, has to become the unquestioned authority, both in the fields of distributed generation and in climate change or environmental regulation. I think we've got to become the unquestioned voice for our energy consumers. And while we need to know the science and we need to know the reason, uh, 
We also need to present the case on behalf of our consumers who, who are seeing their energy choices get taken away. And, and potentially, that's at a substantial cost to both them and, and their communities. And I, I dare say, and I will make a statement that may make some people mad, but I really believe that the tactics of this administration on these types of issues are grounded not in democracy, but I think that these tactics are enabled by bureaucracy. And their agenda, no, you don't need to clap, but thank you. Um, their agenda bypasses, it bypasses the Congress, it bypasses the people, and in many cases, in many cases, it's going to even bypass the states. And so our challenge, y'all, is going to be to take the case of bad policy and expand upon it in an effort to impose some sort of common sense uh, on the discussion. Because common sense and sound science are not always part of the discussion when you deal with regulatory agencies, as I know you all are aware. So for a great article that I read in Der Spiegel, a uh, German publication, talk, ha, talks a lot about uh, how the solar revolution in Germany has really had a very negative effect on, on people's household disposable income. And I can assure you, y'all, for every technocrat who espouses German leadership in the solar revolution, we gotta, we've got to be able to respond to, to those folks who say, we've got to do it just like them. Because for every 5.3 cents per kilowatt hour surcharge, you know next year or the next year, that's really going to increase by 20%. And that it's very important, too, that we talk about the fact that while German consumers spent $26 billion in 2013 for, um, they paid $26 billion for $4 billion worth of energy. Um, the rest, the 22 billion, surcharges, taxes, and fees. And in 2013, uh, energy prices, it was shown energy prices per household in Germany had doubled since 2000. That's a tough, tough uh, price tag to pay. And I think that we need to be, re we, we need to be ready to, re to relate the case um, that case uh, and the case of the impact on any kind of regulation that we think will hurt our, our member owners, we've got to be able to relate the potential effects of, of those types of policies um, on, our, on our own consumer members because we all know that the counties that we represent, for the most part, are those among the poorest in the United States. Certainly they were in my old congressional district. I had 29 counties, 17 of which were persistent poverty counties uh, for over 20 years. And, and that basically meant that more than 20% of the population lived below the poverty level, uh, excuse me, over half of the population lived below the poverty level for a span of 20 years or more. And this is, this is in many cases, this is very reflective of, of our own 
service territories. And I don't think that it would surprise any of y'all to, to know that within the latest regulation uh, printed in the Federal Register last week by the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, there is nothing to mitigate, nothing, no language to mitigate increases on energy costs on low-income households in the communities we serve. There's no recognition of that whatsoever. So you're going to hear a lot this week, I hope, about how NRECA is ahead of the curve, um, how we're anticipating these challenges. I will tell you that thanks to the smart folks in this room, we are engaging the Environmental Protection Agency on equal footing. And that's a big thing to say, but we are, in fact, engaging with EPA on an equal footing. And I think all of you CEOs in this room know best how much any of these political ideas will cost. And so I, wanna, I do want to tell you all how appreciative we are of those folks who have been uh, working with us, have been to meetings at the Environmental Protection Agency, and really in a very common sense, thoughtful and deliberative way have been able to tell the, the regulators, if you will, um, exactly what the impact will be of some political idea. And it's really important, not only at the regulatory level, but also at the Senate and House level, that they understand that we're paying attention, that there are millions of us who are paying attention, and it's important for both parties to know this as well. Uh, they need to know that we've got the power to turn uh, either party into the standard bearer of higher energy prices or of a failing infrastructure and both parties need to know that we can help them shape reasonable common sense policies for the future that take our best attributes and uh, elevate them and we've got a lot of friends who know this but we need to to expand those, that list of, of friends and, and allies. And I think with your help and with your involvement, we can make huge strides, huge strides in advocacy that will result in any, every other job we have being just a wee bit easier. So with that, I just want to thank you all again so much. Thank you so much for being here, for caring, for, for wanting to, to continue uh, the, the cooperation and the collaboration and the networking with your colleagues. I hope that for you this is a great conference and thank you so much for letting me be a part of it.